Hi, it's Sean Collins, and this is the Hear Me Now podcast, our 59th episode and the last in the calendar year 2022. You may have noticed that the episode's a little longer than is usual for us. Pause it when you want. Come back to it when you want. We're focusing on music, specifically the music we use to help us restore a sense of well-being, the music that we turn to when we need to take care of ourselves. Music might very well be the first human brain hack. The first time our ancestors sang instead of shouted. The first time someone picked up a stick and tapped out a pattern that was pleasing and caused the others to nod their heads. The first time an individual fashioned a reed into a flute and serenaded the stars by a night fire. Music has been a way for humans to change their mood inspired by everything from a lark ascending in the sky to the universal truth that we all want to dance with someone who loves us. We use music and song to give voice to our feelings. But why? Nate Sloan is a musicologist at USC. I think the reason that we listen to music, maybe the reason that we create and experience art in general, is to have our experience of the world reflected back at us and articulated for us, and to have the experiences and emotions that we don't necessarily have names and labels for suddenly made crystalline clear through the power of art, in this case, through the power of song, that feeling of recognition. Someone else knows how I feel. Someone else has experienced this thing too. I am not alone. Musicologist Nate Sloan speaking to the BBC's Mayor Bosworth for the Radio 4 program, Soul Music. The feelings we let music reflect run the gamut, from our pain to our joy, to our faith, to our fear, to our doubts and hopes and passions. Music has charms, they say. Flashback, warm night, almost left behind. Suitcase of memories, time after. Someone saved my life tonight. Sugar bear.
Edmonds was one of the guests on our very first episode, and it seemed fitting that we should start with her again. She joins me now from her home on Vashon Island in Puget Sound. Jeremy, welcome back. Thank you, Sean. I love doing podcasts, and any reason I get to spend any time with you always makes me happy. So thank you for having me. I appreciate that. So, On today's program, we're asking folks whether there's music that helps you get back in touch with your sense of well-being. If you need to take care of yourself, is there a piece of music that you turn to? I do. I have several. And I was so delighted that you asked me about this because music has really been um, fundamental to a lot of the times in my life. One of my favorite artists is Stevie Wonder. He provides me a lot of comfort and hope. And the song that, to me, epitomizes that is Love's in Need of Love Today. I love that song. I sing it often in my head. I sing it when I need hope, and I sing it when I need solace. It's my jam. Good morning, evening, friend. Here's your friendly announcer I have serious news to pass on to everybody What I'm about to say Couldn't mean the world's disaster Could change your joy and laughter to
proportionary measure If love and peace you treasure Then you'll hear me in need of love today from the 1976 album Songs in the Key of Life Stevie Wonder Jeremy what a great choice to me as I was listening to it I want to say thank you for sharing that moment with me thank you it was wonderful I was thinking him singing it's like the modern prayer like you could compare him to a griot in an African village or a Jewish cantor at temple it's the same thing. It's a, just a modern prayer in my estimation. That's really what it's a call. Like we talk at Providence, the call to action is just, we need to show our humanity and love each other. And it just made me realize he's basically praying in this song. Jeremy, I'm so grateful for you taking the time to share this with us. As we come to the end of the year on the podcast, let me just thank you for everything you've been f- for us and our staff. And I hope you have a really happy new year. Thank you so very much. I, right back at you. They say when you meet people and that they become your friends or colleagues, one way you know that it's a good mutual exchange is when you come away better from it than when you entered it. And that's how I feel about you and everyone at Hear Me Now. <laughs> I get to be part of something. And every time I do it, I am a better person because of the interaction. So from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you to you and everyone at Hear Me Now. You guys are amazing. Well, thank you, and uh, and you're welcome. Jeremy Edmonds is Outreach and Marketing Liaison for Providence PACE, PACE being the um, program of all-inclusive care for the elderly for Washington. Jeremy, thanks. Happy holidays, my friend. Still to come, we'll check in with radio host Gwen Tompkins in New Orleans, where she lives and breathes music. Dr. Anna McDonald will be back. She splits her time between the U.S. and Malawi as she trains family medicine residents. And Bob Boylan will share his go-to well-being track. Bob hosts NPR's All Songs Considered and the Tiny Desk Concert. Stay with us. This podcast does not happen in a vacuum. In fact, there's a team of people that puts it together every um, two weeks. And I'm really glad to say that they're joining me now from the West Coast. Um, Melody Fawcett is in Seattle, Washington. Melody, welcome. Thank you. Good to see you. Scott Acord is in Los Angeles. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Melody and Scott, their job is to organize all of the Hear Me Now stories that get recorded over the course of the year. And we also have an editorial process where we have conferences and get together. And all during the pandemic, we sort of kept one another afloat with Zoom calls. And under the careful leadership of our boss, Mike Drummond, who is down in Dana Point, California, where he can surf anytime he wants to. Mike, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. So I'm really glad the four of us are together for this at the end of the year. It kind of 
Reminds me a little bit of the get-togethers during the pandemic. Um, we're going to listen to all this music that our guests are going to play for us. But I also want to hear from you all. Melody, we're going to start with you. I asked you the question I've been asking every guest, which is, is there a piece of music that sort of fits into your self-care routine? Is there um, a tune that you turn to when you have to take care of yourself? And you chose... An instrumental Van Morrison tune. I did. Tell us about it. I did, yeah. Spanish Steps off of the Poetic Champions Compose album. What is it about that that attracted you? Um, You know, I bought the album when it came out, and I was in my 20s. um, And the song I bought it for was Someone Like You. And, uh, but that was my first, my first of now many Van Morrison albums. And I just loved the variety on that album. And the song itself was uh, one I just fell in love with and would would just like lie in my living room on the floor in front of the fireplace with candles lit and just, you know, just lie there in the dark and listen to it. And so it kind of takes me back to that time, but it's also just very soothing for me. Well, let's listen and then we'll come back and talk about it. Kind of music that the alto sax was built for, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Van Morrison didn't do a lot of instrumental music, did he? No, but it, this this album really shows his range, and this song really does. What do you guys in California think? Light a candle, pour yourself a drink, <laughs> make some babies. 
that's our boss talking. So, <laughs> HR, you have his email. Um, we'll be back with this group. Melody, it's a great choice. Thanks. Thank you. L.J. Punch is a trauma surgeon and the founder of The Brick, the bullet-related injury clinic in St. Louis, Missouri. The Brick is where people with bullet wounds can go for wound care and education, help with pain management, care for the emotional and social impacts of being shot, and an acknowledgement that their bullet wound could likely have profound spiritual meaning for them in the future and the futures of their families and their communities. Dr. Punch was on the podcast back in August, and he joins me again now. It's so good to have you on the show again. Welcome back. Thank you, Sean. You know, when I um, walked into the T, the location of the bullet-related injury clinic, I was really struck by the fact that it didn't feel like any other healthcare setting I've ever been in. And a big part of that was the soundtrack. Chill hop. It's chill hop. And and the song we're listening to right now, Chrysalism, the transformation from caterpillar into butterfly, is uh, one of my favorite songs to play in the background. The the way the, the beat uh, creates this gentle movement, but the chord progression fills everything up. You feel it in your chest and your stomach, and it's just signaling to you that the place is chill, that you're seen, that you can relax, that you can breathe, and that we're going to move slow. And that you can take your time to say what you need to say and be who you need to be when you're with us at the brick. It seems so obvious and so smart. It's amazing that everyone isn't doing something similar. You know, it's interesting because I am a very audio person. Um, I consider myself to be neuroexpansive. And the soundscape that I'm in is as important to me as the visual scape I'm in or the way something smells, another thing about doctor's offices. So in addition to that, you know, we have aromatherapy and the lights are low because we want to have a sensory experience that signals to your autonomic nervous system that you're safe. And in that, then we can begin to talk about what you're there for. And yeah, the thing I think people worry about is that you're somehow going to keep somebody out or not have music that everybody likes. And what's so beautiful about Chill Hop is there's no words. Um, The energy has got enough of a beat that it moves that you don't fall asleep, but it's chill enough that you don't feel hyped. And, and in general, it's it's sort of a mutually agreeable soundscape in a place where we're trying to make sure people feel seen and heard. When I invited you to take part in this episode, I asked you, like I've asked everybody today, the impossible question of, you know, can you pick a piece of music that really helps you restore a sense of well-being? And I got some pushback, maybe, like everyone pushed back. I mean, it's a ridiculous question to ask someone. But you came back with a short list, and we're going to kind of go through those. We're, we're not going to listen to long cuts, but we're going we're gonna to kind of do a little sample. And I should tell listeners that we've got all of this in a playlist on 
hearmenowpodcast.org where they can explore these tunes in a little more detail. Tell us what's next on the list. So Go Up Moses by Roberta Flack. My mother owned this album and it was one of my father's favorites as well. I can remember him playing it very loud uh, in the morning uh, during one of the times when he was visiting with us. And you might have heard the words, go down, Moses, right? You're supposed to go get your people. But but this is like, no, 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 Moses. You've been down long enough. It's time to go up. And and there's a line in the song. It, it, it gets me every time where it says, Pharaoh doesn't want you, but he needs you. And and that line actually was a foundation of an immense amount of personal liberation for me, both as a human and as a professional. Right after that line, doesn't she sing something like, like, so long, Pharaoh, or goodbye, Pharaoh? Yes. All you have to do to let him go is let him go. You just wake up in the morning and you say, bye, Pharaoh, honey. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 100% Roberta and 1,000% shaked. <laughs> Such a great performance from her. My God. And what a great message of shaking off what you're helping to bind yourself with. Yeah. I I mean, that song literally was my battle cry as I left academic medicine and and stood on the foundation that I wanted to do community health full time. Mm. What's next? I think I like songs that are poetic in that they turn ideas on top of themselves. The next song is from The Roots, and the title is right on. And the loop that comes in the beginning plays on the idea of right on, like right on, like right on, that's righteous, but also right on, like 
uh, right, like right down on a piece of paper, and then it switches to light on. So it, I like how it folds these layers, but then also it's Questlove <laughs> on the drums, and it's just good. And so this is another thing, song that I use to kind of get me pumped up when I'm not sure people are hearing my words, and it's like, well, but I'm keeping the light on. I'm going to keep right on, and I'm going to write on. I try to get it how I live it. A lot of people counting on me, kind of like a digit. It's a cold world. I'm not fronting like it isn't. It's no time for coming up shorter than the midget. Y'all know I'm a razor bar, though, like Bridget. See, there's a star go, don't blink. You might miss it. It's precious cargo. You got to be strong to lift it. The light comes in different types. Be more specific. I'm black dog. What could be more prolific? For this love, I go above and beyond a limit. I told y'all I'm above and beyond a gimmick. I get into your head and spread like a pandemic. I never I put myself in a race I can't finish. I'm well-grounded, founded on the same premise as any man with a hit list that's about business. Yo, can a brother get a witness? Dig it right on. I, I, I get into your head and I spread like a pandemic. I mean, it's like this awesome, perfect line, man. <laughs> when I pitched this idea to you, you... Uh, came back on your email and said something about music was medicine. Mm. Talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, we are constantly taking in sensory input that is communicating to our bodies threat or comfort. And the degree to which our bodies can move beyond traumatic events, move beyond pain, move beyond stress, is the degree to which that body can tune into a different signal. I mean, folks who are neuroexpansive are very aware of the sensory input they're always taking in because that volume is turned up. But the truth is everybody is feeling it. And so the same way you can intentionally change someone's environment by giving them better air to breathe, better food to eat, better smells to smell, better things to wear, soundscapes are input that signal to us one or the other that we're safe or that we're not. And I just feel like music can be medicine. But then once you get the body relaxed, you also find words that can say the things through melody, through rhythm, and through context that you cannot say yourself. In other words, sometimes my patients can share a song more than they can share their own feelings. Mm -hmm. But by getting those lyrics across or getting that feeling across, suddenly the, the, they can express themselves beyond anything that they have typical neuro, neuro, neuro access to through their, spoke, their own spoken words. Songs yeah. are pictures in, in 3D. And so I, yeah. I, I, just, I think music can do so many things that allow us to center and express things that are beyond words. At the beginning of this program, we heard uh, musicologists say that, that music, especially songs, lyrical music, can say things that reflect back to us elements of what we're feeling. And it reinforces that, oh, I'm not the only one mm. who feels this way. Mm -hmm. You know, there are other people out there who have gone through what I'm going through. 
even the way music can engage both hemispheres of your brain, even the way you take the music in, I'm very sensitive to listening to music on extremely high quality inputs because I want to hear it with both ears in stereo because that's going to increase communication across your corpus callosum, which is one of the hallmarks of the things that create post-traumatic stress disorder. It's the reason why people do a drumming and other kinds of rhythmic two-sided things when they are stressed, even playing something like Tetris with your hands, moving rhythmically to intentionally with both hemispheres of your brain creates healing pathways for you to endure trauma and have it have less long-term impact. Music is just another one of those components that I think you can pipe into people so beautifully, so passively without them having to do much of anything. That little bop, that little movement, that little sway that uh, my patients have as they walk from the waiting room into the exam area can be everything and undoing their trauma. That's great. What's next? So I have a ringtone on my phone for my calendar events. Um, that's part of the uh, Bob Marley's Three Little Birds song. And it's because the song is my mother's favorite song. And I have decided that even though I need my calendar on my phone, to tell me when something's happening. And a lot of times I phone silence, but when the ringer is off, I do not want to be stressed. I, I want every single time I know I'm being reminded that there's something to do, that in that doing, I don't have to worry. And it's sort of like a way that I keep that voice present with me. Plus, it's an amazing song. So I, I, it, when it, if you want to talk about medicine and well-being, you can't not have Bob Marley. Beyond to something with that being a calendar alert. <laughs> Tell me, try it. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And it is my mom's banner for life and the way that she got us through a really a lot of hard times. So it means a lot. We're going to wrap up with um, a piece of jazz. I know that this is a secret love of yours, or not a secret love, it's a second love <laughs> of yours. And I'm really glad that you chose this. I was not familiar with Ben Wendell, and I feel like I should kick myself for not knowing about this man. This is, he's a <laughs> saxophonist, a pianist, yeah. really, really fine player. And this is the Ben Wendell group. What do you want to tell us about it? Well, my partner uh, is a jazz 
educator and jazz performer and jazz composer, and she has taught me a lot about jazz as an art form. She calls it Black American music, has helped me understand how advanced of an expression uh, it is that it's the person who is expressing and improving who is part of the music in a way that's not really accessible through Western classical music. And I feel like the medicine I practice is the jazz of medicine. I, 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 I struggle and I take on uh, traditional uh, you know, forms of medicine, but I also am deeply rooted in, in community and identity. And, and I think I have, I practice Black American medicine. And so jazz has helped me center and help me understand even myself it's helped me connect to my partner, and it's another one of those signals that allows my body to go into relaxation mode. What I love about Ben Wendell is how he uses sort of motifs that are very simple with small modification across his phrasing that helps you follow the story. He tells a story, and they're really simple, beautiful stories. And if for somebody who doesn't know jazz as well, because not everybody's ready for Coltrane, right? But for somebody who doesn't know jazz as well, he was a really great entry point for me to start understanding the structure and the improv, the creativity and the integrity at the same time. So this song, song, song reminds me of my partner and I carry it with me uh, whenever I'm down and I can't be where she is. I can play this song and it's like she's right there with me.
LJ, when we talked in the summer, you said to me, trauma is a communal injury and must be healed in community. And I think one of the things about jazz that's so amazing is that it's about communicating with one another. Those players are listening to what the other people are doing and taking the vibe and moving it forward. And it's it's about communication in community. Mm, mm, well, you just taught me something, Sean. <laughs> I love it. You're right. And that's definitely what I strive to do on a day-to-day basis in my practice as well. LJ Punch, thanks for coming back onto the program. I, I hope we'll stay in touch and we can keep following what you're doing at The Brick, the bullet-related injury clinic in St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for being here. Have a happy new year. And to you too, Sean. Thank you. Last month, Steve Silberman was on the podcast. He's the author of Neurotribes, The Legacy of Autism and the Future of Neurodiversity. And during the course of that episode, he let slip that he's a deadhead. <laughs> and he's back with us now from San Francisco. Steve, welcome back. Thank you. Live from the Haight-Ashbury, it's Steve Silberman, <laughs> deadhead author. <laughs> I'm very, very interested to know how you answer the question. Is there a piece of music that you turn to to sort of help restore a sense of well-being? Absolutely. And how sincere am I about this piece of music restoring my well-being? It's what I would want played at my funeral. And I'm not kidding. Wow. If, if I'm dead and anyone's listening to this and wants to know what I want played at my funeral, it's this. It is a song from... David Crosby featuring Jerry Garcia. It was recorded for David's uh, first solo album, If I Can Only Remember My Name, in uh, 1970 or 1971. And uh, what I like about it is that, well, for one thing, there are no words, but there are lots of vocals. It's David in what he likes to call Mormon tabernacle me mode, sort of, where he overlays a lot of harmonies upon himself. Jerry is contributing beautiful, beautiful lead lines. And at the beginning of the track, they're just kind of goofing around. They're probably incredibly high on really good weed. And they're trying to blow each other's minds with bizarre jazz chords. But then it goes into this almost mantric repetition cycling of gorgeous changes and harmonies that reminds me, uh, and you mentioned this too in an email, it reminds me of uh, Steve Reich's Music for 18 Musicians. It's like music as meditation. Hmm. So let's listen. This is David Crosby with Jerry Garcia, recorded in 1970 or 71. The tune is called Kids and dogs. So remember, at the very beginning, for about a minute, uh, it's just David and Jerry trying to blow each other's minds with weird jazzy chords, and then it goes into the song in earnest.
Kids and Dogs, a tune by David Crosby featuring Jerry Garcia, choice of Steve Silberman. Steve, um, what a great tune, and thank you for bringing it to us. One interesting thing about it is that no one would have heard it without my frantic efforts over many, many years to get it released. And so this is the quick story. One day I'm reading a magazine called the Bay Area Music Magazine, and it's an interview with David Crosby, and he's saying, oh man, I submitted another solo album to Columbia. They rejected it. You know, it's outrageous. And he said, and what was particularly outrageous was we discovered a song in the vault that I had recorded with Jerry Garcia in 1970 and never used. And so I thought, oh my God, I have to hear this. You know, how am I going to find this? I was an obsessive fan in the days before the internet, children. So I couldn't just type, you know, into Google, like, where's the wacky collector that has this, you know? And then one day in, I think, 1985, I believe David was actually in prison at the time. I see this grungy old guy wearing a free David Crosby t-shirt. So I went up to him. I said, man, that's a, that's a really arcane t-shirt. He said, oh, yeah, well, David's a friend of mine, you know, friend meaning probably ex-customer of his, you know, his, his yeah, anyway. Um, so I said, yeah, man, like, it's such a shame David's in prison. I said, did you hear about that solo album that he made that Columbia rejected? And he said, yeah, do you want it? And I'm like, yes, I want it. You know, Just give me 10 bucks and I'll send it to you. Miraculously, like two weeks later, I get a cassette in the mail It was David's second solo album rejected by Columbia. So then, equally miraculously, over the years, I got to know David. And so eventually, I was invited to participate in the creation of a Crosby, Stills, and Nash box set. They had asked me for obscure recommendations to put on the bonus disc on the box set. And so I said, well, you got to put this thing called Wordless on. So I described it to Graham Nash, and he said, oh, yes, it's called Kids and Dogs. And so we we went out to his car, and he popped a CD in the stereo. And, you know, after about mm, 20 seconds, Graham shut it down and said, oh, my God, I just can't listen to it. Why? And, you know, Graham said... Well, you know, when David was recording that that second solo album, he was in such terrible shape. And this just brings back terrible memories. You know, So I thought, oh, my God, it's a masterpiece. Just release this song, you know. So they didn't put it on the box set. But in the years to follow, I went way out of my way to try to convince David to put it on something. Finally, it came out on not just Voyage, but on the uh, 50th anniversary enhanced reissue of If I Could Only Remember My Name. So finally, now it's out into the world. You guys can listen to it. And I'm so happy. I'm actually more proud of releasing this song than I am of many of my other, you know, whatever my other accomplishments were. Tell me what role it plays in your quest for well-being. I listen to it whenever I want to center myself in my deepest self, like outside of the the uh, travails of life, which have been really considerable in the last few years, not just because of COVID, not just because of Trump and the GOP, 
my mother also has a, a very serious dementia right now. And so a lot of pieces of my uh, earlier life are disappearing or being destroyed or fading away or I'm outgrowing them or whatever. But listening to this melody roots me in the self that I've always been uh, and allows me to feel like I have a comfortable, safe place to abide in the world. That's wonderful. I hope the winter holidays are good for you and your family, Steve, and that you have a happy new year. Thank you. You too, Sean. And thank you very much for having me here. Steve Silberman is the author of Neurotribes, The Legacy of Autism and the Future of Neurodiversity. We've collected all of today's music on a playlist on Spotify and on Apple Music. You'll find links on our website, hearmenowpodcast.org. Still to come, Bob Boylan will be with us from NPR's All Songs Considered and the Tiny Desk Concerts. Dr. Ira Bayak shares his well-being track. And a poet chooses Gershwin. That's coming up. You're listening to the Hear Me Now podcast, coming to you from the Providence Institute for Human Caring. A couple of months ago, we did an episode of the podcast that focused on a bi-directional family medicine residency that takes residents or um, registrars, as they're called, from Malawi for training in Seattle, and it sends residents in family medicine from Seattle to Malawi. And on the faculty for that program was Dr. Anna McDonald who was our guest a couple months ago, and she's back now. Anna, it's so good to see you. Welcome. So good to see you too, and thanks for having me on again. I've been asking people if you use music in any sort of self-care, like if you need to restore a sense of balance or a sense of well-being, is there a cut that you turn to for that sort of healing presence in your life? Yeah, there are several, and so this is a bit of a challenge to narrow it down to one. And I think... For me in particular, I think about something that a nurse in the hospital in Malawi said to me one time, um, and she said, in your country, you dance because you listen to music. In our country, we dance to express our joy. And so I picked a song that takes me back to Malawi to many nights dancing with um, friends from the hospital after work and makes me want to move my body, which always brings me back to a sense of wellness. Tell us what we're going to listen to. Okay, this song is called Particula. It's by Major Lazer, who is one of my favorite artists, and DJ Mafarisa, and I hope you enjoy it. They told me everybody's 15 minutes in a different time zone. And since I have it at the moment, you don't wanna wanna shine my light on. 
your life, get your life, little mama, won't you get your life on? Ain't nothing cooler than the wrong moves when you do them to the right song, the right song. Let's shoot this movie and put this shit on repeat. I, I hope this memory's not making you fall asleep. Before we hit the road, put our phones on silent. Nobody's trying to bring sand to the beach. What would it take to change plans for the weekend? Cause I am trying to kick it like eating. The whole thing, the pre-party, the precincts. Then we hit the major league with a Jesus. Hey, 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 I like you, girl, in particular. You in particular. Say, I like your waist in particular. glad you liked it it's it's hard to sit in my seat and listen to that one (laughs) (laughs) you know it strikes me that um there's a lot in the lyrics there about time zones and it seems like it's speaking to you when you're far away from your home uh it must be bittersweet when you're listening there to be far from your home in america but now that you're back in america to be missing your colleagues in malawi yeah, I've just, um, yeah, I think it says, you're always 15 minutes in a different time zone. I think that's the first lyric. Um, and that is very true for me, but it also um, makes me full of joy that I have two homes. And I don't know if you could see, I just have like this giant smile on my face thinking of that song because it, I have a very distinct memory of um, being on the wards after rounds one day and... Um, Sometimes in the nursing station, someone will be playing music on their cell phone or something. And that song came on and our sort of lead mental health professional walked in and the two of us just started dancing. And like pretty soon there were 20 of us dancing in this tiny, tiny room. And, you know, those are the memories that I live for. What a great experience to take away from your workplace. I mean, there aren't very many people who could say, you know, I learned to be a disinhibited dancer. (laughs) At the hospital. And it's really great. It speaks to your openness. Yeah, I mean, I I wish I could say that I went in with that mindset. And I think it was something I just, um, I had to find along the way. But I'm eternally grateful for that. I hope the year ahead is sweet for you. Thank you so much. And thanks again for the opportunity to come back. 
You bet. Dr. Anna McDonald serves on the faculty of the Swedish First Hill Family Medicine Residency. She splits her time between Seattle and Malawi. Anna, thank you. You're so welcome. I've thought up an ending for my book. And he lived happily ever after. Eric Toki is an award-winning designer and the founder of Toki Branding and Design in St. Louis. And he's on the line now from the city of Chester in the UK. Eric, welcome. Hi, buddy. Thanks for having me. The question that we're asking people is, is there a piece of music that you turn to when you need to take care of yourself? Is there a piece that helps restore a sense of well-being? The works that I chose today is something that I come back to over and over and over again. And it's, I, Mary teases me. She says, it's my hot bath music. It's like <laughs> I soak into a hot bath <laughs> and I listen to this and it, it just, it's like a recharge. It's complex enough and long enough that it gives me time to heal and it centers me and helps me recharge. The thing that I turn to over and over and over again is the soundtrack from the Peter Jackson movies of The Lord of the Rings, and specifically the first movie, Fellowship of the Ring. It was groundbreaking in its complexity, and, and Howard Shore, the composer, did a, a fantastic job of creating real and expansive world of music that he uses throughout to create characterizations and geographies and differences in cultures between the different kinds of characters in the movies and the books. So I, I pulled a couple of pieces of, of music that we can talk about today, then talk, I, I hope, a little bit about Tolkien's work and why it is about healing and where it came from. Well, let's listen to the first one, which is Breaking of the Fellowship.
Tolkien, as a man, was a soldier in World War One and lived through the Battle of the Somme and went to war with many of his friends from Oxford and was one of the few who survived. Uh, he uh, saw friends mutilated and, and destroyed, their lives ended or their, their health destroyed, and came back a changed person. And his, you know, sense of the world had, had really evolved and, and had been radically altered. He's wrestling as an academic, as a Catholic, who never lost his faith and always retained a sense of, of hope and optimism. He didn't believe in catastrophes. He thought that the world naturally was bent toward goodness resolving. And he came up with, this, with the idea of what he called the eucatastrophe, adding the EU, the Greek, for, for good in front of the word catastrophe. And it, it became the idea that things would always bend toward a resolution that was positive. And that was what the world was oriented around naturally. So despite having this horrible experience in World War One, he had this sense of we're going to go through terrible things and there is evil in the world and we are here to fight against it and we have the natural goodness of the universe on our side and that is something that will manifest itself when we need it most and help us to overcome that kind of evil and that that optimism is an important part of how I think I try to approach the world and knowing that there's sickness and disease and there are people who mean to harm us, but that the universe bends toward goodness and bends toward being a place that can provide love and hope and happiness. Mm. Eric, thank you. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. Eric Toki is the founder of Toki Branding and Design.
We're back with the panel of producers for the podcast. Mike Drummond, you're up next. What did you pick and why? I picked uh, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right from Bob Dylan's 1963 classic Free Will and Bob Dylan album. And this particular version that I picked is done by uh, one Billy Strings. Billy Strings, if I'm not mistaken, won a Grammy last year, right? Yeah. More on him in a bit. Okay. Let's listen. Well, there ain't no use to sit and wonder why, babe. If you don't know by now. And there ain't no use to sit and wonder why, babe. Break a dawn, look out your window and I'll be gone. You're the reason I'm a traveling on. Don't think twice, it's alright. Mike Drummond, explain yourself. Oh, my gosh. Well, lyrically, guys, that's one of the most devastating songs ever recorded. I mean, he says, 
you know, part of there says, I once loved a woman, a child, I'm told. I gave her my heart, but she wanted my soul. Ugh. Um, I mean, Dylan said it wasn't a love song, and it certainly isn't. What it isn't, it isn't a hate song, uh, because the opposite of love isn't hate. It's just the absence of love. You know, the, in that first stanza, he has her, he has him saying to her, uh, you know, you look out your window, I'll be gone. You're the reason I'm traveling on. Um, he's absent. And, and then so is love. So, I mean, okay, so why does that uplift me or make me feel better or give me a sense of well-being? Um, I think that was the conceit of the question from why we're doing this. Um, I think Dylan's thrift and gift with the language offer me a sense of well-being as someone who's made a, a living with the written word. And, and we get to fill in this whole wide open space for feeling and defining a love that was there and or a love that wanted to be there. Um, so anyway, so that's, that song's always moved me. And then, whoa, and then along comes Billy Strings. So I first encountered his talent uh, at a festival this year with my kids, and we were all blown away. Um, he's a young bluegrass artist, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and bluegrass is one of my favorite genres uh, as it borrows from you know, traditional European folk and African influences and stances, I don't know, this uniquely American art form. And as you kind of referenced at the outset, you know, uh, Sean, Billy Strings has has been called the future of bluegrass. This version showcases his amazing kind of once-in-a-generation talent. I will say that um, all of the music on today's podcast is on a playlist on our website at hearmenowpodcast.org. So if you hear stuff that you're kind of digging, there's a way for you to follow up and and, uh, listen to all of it again or go a little deeper with any of the artists. All right. This group is going to get back together, but let's move on with our other guests. Gwen Tompkins is a public radio host and writer, and she joins us now from her home in the city that care forgot, New Orleans, Louisiana. Welcome back to the podcast, Gwen. It's a real pleasure, Sean. Thanks for having me. You know, the last time you were here to talk about music, you poo-pooed, I believe that's the phrase you use, you (laughs) poo-pooed the premise of my question. So I'm going to try again with a new question (laughs) and see how I fare. What is a piece of music that you turn to when you need to take care of yourself? Okay, um, I do not remember poo pooing, but uh, but I, we have it on tape. I can play it back oh, to you. Well, then, if, if you have it on tape, then okay. Well, then I admit to everything. Um, <laughs> said in the way that every Louisiana politician has said for the last century. Guilty. Um. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's funny because uh, my family actually warned me against uh, mentioning the song that we're going to talk about today because they said, I I mentioned to them, we were Zooming, and I said, okay, what do you think about this song? And they said, uh, oh, why don't you choose something... um, you mean something easier, like a Bob Marley tune, or Donna Summer, or Don Henley, or um, or even um, Volare. I have an Italian <laughs> brother-in-law. <Okay. laughs> so he's, 
you know, and all. But I have to say that, um, you know, when, when it's time to, as you put it, take care of myself, generally that means that I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards some form of depression. I'm moving towards some form of, I mean, I'm, I'm under a cloud. Yeah. And I'm trying to see my way out. And I, I tend to lean into it. You know, I, I don't want to look away and, um, and, and put on, you know, um, Bob Marley until it's time to put on Bar- Bob Marley, you know, when the, when the, when the feelings correspond to the music. Hmm. And, um, and so I chose, um, a song that to me is a great cautionary tale. And it helps me, it helps me to, uh, reframe my feelings, particularly if I have feelings of of anger, which is pretty much the other side of depression, right? And um, and that song is Barbara Allen, which is a very old song. I mean, this song dates back to the 1600s in the British Isles, mm, right? Mm. And I mean, there even there's even an instance of Samuel Pepys writing about. Wow. This song, you know, hearing the song and enjoying it. So it made the transition over to North America and, of course, landed in Appalachia. And, um, you know, and so the, you know, there are, um, you know, there are all kinds of records of it being sung in the 1800s in this country. And then even um, Alan uh, and Ruby Lomax recorded it. um, listening to a, a, a woman who was in prison, actually, in Florida. And the Lomax recordings are um, really historically crucial because they went around with a portable recorder and recorded folk music around primarily the South, but the Eastern Seaboard in the South, right? That's exactly right. They were song catchers. Everybody's recorded it. You know, Dolly Parton has recorded an amazing version of it. Joan Baez, um, Bob Dylan's recorded it. Uh, Art Garfunkel. I mean, it's, you know, it's just a song that is part of um, the tissue of um, the American songbook. And, um, And so, you know, it is not the happiest song that one could possibly choose for a, 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 you know, for a podcast talking about taking care of oneself, but it certainly is a song that you have to consider whenever you're really upset about something Mm. and when you have reached uh, an impasse. And I figure, you know, at this time of year when people are seeing their families, (laughs) there's every possibility that you're going to reach an impasse. (laughs) Wow, Gwen, you've kind of, you've named the elephant in the room, haven't you? You just went right ahead. And, Why not? And the elephant is named Barbara Allen. Barbara Allen. So who's singing it for us today? So uh, the first version, the a cappella version that we're going to hear, is just a verse, and we're going to hear it from Emmy Rosum, who is a who is a stage and film actress, uh, who's got a beautiful voice, and uh, and then we're going to hear immediately thereafter we're going to hear emmy lou harris who also has a beautiful voice and should be on every stage and screen so um so this is uh, this is my contribution to you sean and your listeners barbara allen twas in the merry month of may when all gay flowers were blooming Sweet William on his deathbed lay For the love of Barbara Allen He sent his servant to the town 
He sent him to her dwelling, saying, Master, sick and very sick, and for your sake he's a dying. So slowly, slowly she gets up, and to his bedside going, she And says, young man, you're dying I know I'm sick and very sick And sorrow dwells within me No better, no better I never will be Till I have borrowed Don't you Slighted Barbara, he reached out his pale hands, intending for to touch her. She turned away from his bedside and says, Young man, I won't have you. He turned his cheek. The theme of the the song, which is a very sad song, but the theme of the song is uh, is to forgive and to know when it is time to forgive, and. Uh, you know, and so I have to say that it's a wonderful mantra to have in your head when you're, you know, when you're around people who you love, but who with whom you may not agree, or you're around people whom you love, but who may have offended you in some kind of way, because timing is everything. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong. This is what I take from it. There's nothing wrong with being angry. There's nothing wrong with uh, being upset about something. But, you know, nothing in this world is meant to last. No feeling. And uh, and so this is when I, you know, I mean, when I'm in a difficult situation and thinking about self-care, I think about um, how do I want to come out of this? Who do I want to be? And I think to myself, I don't want to be Barbara Allen. I don't want to have regret. Mm. It's really beautiful. You know, um, What's the Latin aphorism? Uh, Tempus fugit? <laughs> yes. I started to notice that a lot of old funeral homes, the signage out in front of the place often has a clock. That's right. I have noticed that, but I never put it together. You're right. Time flies. It's like make amends. You don't know when it's going to be too late. I had never thought of it that way. There is a fleeting quality to our reality. And, you know, there is really no downside to forgiveness. Hmm. Well, thanks for sharing it with us. I'm really grateful. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And again, if you want to talk about Valare, I can do that too. 
All right. You stay on the line. It's going to sound like I hang up, but you just keep talking, all right? Gwen Tompkins is a public radio host and writer speaking with us there from New Orleans, Louisiana. Volare. Bob Boylan is the creator and host of NPR's All Songs Considered and Tiny Desk Concert, both incredibly iconic parts now of the American music scene. And he joins us now from from where? Maryland, D.C.? Uh, I'm in Silver Spring, Maryland, and uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. And it's so good to see you again, my friend. You too, Bob. You live and breathe music. In fact, I can't think of another human being who spends more time <laughs> listening to and thinking about music. Yeah, and, and before the pandemic, I was seeing something like 500 bands a year. Wow. Uh, going to concerts. That's incredible. Uh, and then it just stopped. As you know, today we're asking people if there's a piece of music that they turn to in order to restore a sense of well-being. Um, is there a piece of music that you would identify in that way? There's a, there are many, but there's one in particular that hits a, a, a real deep spot for me. And uh, it's a piece by a composer named Philip Glass, uh, an artist many of us know. Uh, Philip Glass is what we call a minimalist, meaning um, it's stripped of so much and is in many ways bare bones in, 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 a, in, a, in the best of ways. And for me, one of the reasons I love this piece, which is called Opening, it's an opening for a piece of work called Glassworks. It came out in uh, 1982. Uh, the beauty of it is, and the reason it, it brings me focus, is I love to get inside of it and listen to, try to listen to every note as they go by and try to get deep inside of this world of that Philip Glass has created and plays on the piano. And uh, it... Um, it's a remarkable thing. I, I, we have this history of all things considered together. And um, I remember the day, well, um, me and everybody else remembers September 11th, of 2001. And uh, I remember going into the office that day. Um, and one of the jobs of the director of all things considered is to pick music between news stories. Now, in many ways, the prime reason to do that is because you've got to hit what are called time posts. You've got to end a segment at a certain time so stations can then come in and do their weather news, whatever they need to do. On that day, none of that was really going to happen because we were going to just continually do our news. But we did need to get from place to place. And so I came in there thinking, looking at my wall of CDs in my office and thinking, this is the most ridiculous thing in the world. The world is falling apart, and I'm going to figure out music to play. Like, who's going to care about? It? Like, this is this is stupid. This is crazy. Uh, but at the same time, I I needed to play something. I knew we would break away at some point in time, and and as irrelevant as I thought it was to choose music for this show, um, I did and. Uh, after 
I'm going to guess it was probably a good 40 or 50 minutes of just live, horrific storytelling of unfolding events by Robert Siegel in New York City and other report people who are reporting. Uh, it was time to play music. And I played this piece opening by Philip Glass. The next day, I got all these emails from people. What was that? I'm sorry, I'm going to tear up just thinking about it. What was that music that you played? I'm thinking... And I realized then what this thing called music does for us. I mean, like you said, I, I, I live and breathe music. And yet that moment in time made me realize how important it was for people out there who had spent their day in this horrific unfolding series of events. And then this thing just stopped. And for just a moment, they weren't hearing people talking. They were able to digest some of what was happening that day and how much that meant and that piece of music gave them time to breathe. moment of tears for me right there when it goes up and register there's just you're lost in this world of repetition and then there's this beautiful change that happens it's like all of a sudden the, the sunlight has come out if I had to make a visual comparison uh, when you're watching a beautiful cloudy day anyway I love that moment colleague Robert Siegel, perhaps one of the most remarkable pieces of reporting I've ever heard was Robert in Lower Manhattan picking up pieces of paper that had 
blown out of the World Trade Center towers and were flying around and settling in the streets uh, in New York. And, you know, there were insurance documents and currency receipts and newspaper clippings and business correspondence. Um, it, it was just a catalog of the lives and the businesses that existed in those towers. Um, you know, it was just a brilliant, brilliant piece that puts you in a place that was unfathomable in some way. And Robert was just unemotional and, you know, being a reporter's reporter. feel greatly fortunate to be able to have during the pandemic when so many people were going through so much to be able to take the time to just appreciate the things around me to have the time uh, but it made it all more valuable to look at this beauty and the detail that we are surrounded by every day in life and I made a lot of music during uh, that period of time. One of the albums I made is called Hidden Smiles, Hidden Smiles for the uh, the masks that pervaded uh, everywhere you would walk and be. Um, and one of the things that I have noticed, and, and this conversation is bringing out for me, in fact, and hearing that Philip Glass piece again, but uh, I wrote a piece of, of music called uh, Retracing Home. It basically was a, a, a day I drove around the Washington, D.C., Silver Spring, Bethesda area, visiting all of the places I had lived that day and just look at the buildings and look at the, you know, made me think of my mom and dad, my sister and my schooling and... <laughs> many other things in who I have been in life and uh, and came home and without intent that night because I worked on lots of music wrote this piece of music retracing home and I realized listening to Philip Glass thinking about my macro photography and talking to you how much this piece of music has that same sort of detail one note triggering another note triggering another note Thank you. 
What a beautiful piece, Bob. Thank you for sharing it with us. Bob Boylan is the creator and host of NPR's All Songs Considered and the Tiny Desk Concert. Great to reconnect with you. Likewise. Hope you have a really great, happy new year ahead. Thank you. You too. I look forward to hearing uh, all the other uh, people speak of the things that are important to them and music and bring them peace and, and thought. So thanks. Careful listeners to the podcast will recognize the name Alexandra Beers. She was quoted in our last episode. She's a poet in Brooklyn, an old friend of mine, and uh, she's back with us now. Alex, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Sean. It's great to be with you. So we're asking people about music that helps restore a sense of well-being. Um, tell me what you chose. So my mind immediately went to Keith Jarrett's recording of George Gershwin's standard Someone to Watch Over Me, which I listened to again and again and again when I was in the hospital in, in 2020. Um, I'm a fan of Keith Jarrett's. He's known for his improvisation and his original work, and his live performances, which I have had the pleasure to witness, and they are many things. Um, Phenomenal is one, but another is that they're a little anxiety-provoking, for me anyway. He is a performer who loses himself in his instrument, and 
what he sometimes finds there in the piano is beauty, but also anger, pain, frustration, joy. It, it's all there, and he kind of rings it out for his audience. Anyway, he made a studio album many years ago of standards. And I think it's because it's familiar, and yet there's something new there. Um, I was in the hospital, it was a crowded city hospital. I was scared, very uncomfortable. Couldn't really get what I needed from anyone around me. And I just put on headphones and had Keith Jarrett on a loop, <laughs> but especially this record and especially this song.
What a lovely performance, Alex. Keith Jarrett playing Someone to Watch Over Me, the 1926 song composed by George Gershwin with lyrics by Ira Gershwin. It's very moving. And I think the constraint of having it be a familiar tune, you know, having it be a standard is something that that artist really does a beautiful job of playing against to kind of create something new. Great choice, Alex. I hope the year ahead is sweet. Thank you, Sean. I hope the same for you. Poet Alexandra Beers splits her time between Brooklyn and the Berkshire Mountains of Western Mass. Dr. Ira Bayak is a palliative care physician and the founder of the Providence Institute for Human Caring. He joins me now from his home in Missoula, Montana. Ira, hi, great to see you. Hi, Sean. Really nice to see you, too. Thanks for asking me to be involved. When I wrote to ask you to participate today, I said, is there a piece of music that helps you restore a sense of well-being? And in a move that befits your profession, you responded with a short list. Uh, For this ailment, I use this tune. For that one, I'd recommend this piece of music. Well, even the list I sent you was was highly distilled, distilled multiple times like really fine vodka. Um, because because one size doesn't fit all, and and I do tend to uh, use music to uh, lift my spirits, to um, you know nurture my soul, and and particularly at times when I'm feeling you know low or need a little uh, extra support, music is is so very therapeutic, if you will. But really, my go to and the one I'm going to land on here for our conversation is uh, Iris Dement uh, singing My Life. And I first discovered this while the AIDS epidemic was still in full roar. And those of us in hospice care and the emergent field of palliative care were trying to, to do whatever we could, learning about how we could best not only alleviate symptoms, but structure our delivery models to to meet people where they were. Um, And I was so aware of suffering, so much suffering on the part of patients and their loved ones, but also among colleagues. It was just an extraordinary, surreal time. And Iris DeMent in her... (laughs) In her unique voice and the the simplicity and uh, of this lyrics and the um, uh, and the production of, of this song um, brings tears to my eyes. Frankly, almost every single time I hear it, and it, it is a way. It is a soothing set of tears. <laughs> um, it helps me get in touch with that that tenderness that has always motivated me in this work. Reminds me to, you know, keep my heart open, remember to breathe. All I can do is breathe through this with my heart open. Let's listen to her sing. Don't count for nothing when I 
Iris Dement singing My Life from a 1994 album of the same name. I mean, she says it so beautifully that, that there are times when we just have to admit all we, all we can do is bring loving, sweet intention to how we live and then accept that it is what it is. And we're, you know, we are who we are and we have to accept ourselves and this gift of life for what it is, um, often very difficult. Yeah, I, I can add to that, I think. I, I hear her sing about a dichotomy. She says we're, we're only one person, and when September's over, we're gone. And yet, we made our mother happy. We brought smiles to our lover. And so in spite of all of the overwhelming evidence of our insignificance, we can do remarkable things at the personal level. We may not be able to save the world, but we can talk to our neighbor. Yeah, I, f- I resonate with all of that very much. I, I have this very, you know, um, you know, cosmic view of, of the world and life and very much aware of the um, un- unfathomable enormity of the galaxy and, and, uh, and the fact that we, we're not even a blip in time, we're like a book in time, you know, we're, we're, we're the barest moment of time. Here we are on this little rock hurtling through deep space. Um, but we matter, and we matter partly because we declare we matter. We matter to one another. We can be there for one another. And, and it's pretty darn insignificant, and yet it's infinitely significant. Ira, I really hope the year ahead is a good one for you. Happy New Year. Thanks. I'm a subscriber and frequent listener of the Hear Me Now podcast. It's just superb. Sean, thanks for all you put into it. Matters a lot. Thanks. Ira Bayak is the founder of the Providence Institute for Human Caring. Scott Acord plays such a crucial role in producing this podcast, and he's with me now again from Los Angeles. Scott, you've chosen a tune that's been heard before on the podcast. Yeah, I. when you introduced this piece, or when you shared it with me at the, uh, when we were producing our first anniversary show, it just really resonated with me. And when you asked me to pick a song for this episode, that immediately popped into my head. Uh, historically, I've uh, I mean, and this is a new a new song choice for me, you know, in my well-being catalog. 
but I think it fits sort of along the lines of, of the songs that I have historically used uh, when I need it just to recharge or feel or whatever it is for my well-being. Um, and the, this one just really spoke to me with the lyrics. Spencer LaJoy singing Plowshare Prayer.
that this works against you and your word I pray that this prayer is a plowshare of sorts one of the things that I noticed for me when I began to think about this song and my connection and I began to look back um, you know it just said to me like I see you I hear you and I ache for you, you know, which was the title of our first podcast. And it just, it, for me, it's just nice to know that, you know, this songbird is looking out over this vast craziness in the world and, and letting those who feel unheard or unseen and needing help that, you know, you are being seen and heard. Plowshare Prayer by Spencer LaJoy, chosen by my colleague Scott Acord. Huge thanks to all of our guests today. Melody Fawcett, Mike Drummond, Dr. Ira Bayak, Jeremy Edmonds, Dr. LJ Punch, Steve Silberman, Dr. Anna McDonald, Eric Toki, Gwen Tompkins, Bob Boylan, and Alex Beers. Special thanks to the BBC's Mayor Bosworth and Nate Sloan at USC and best wishes to everyone at the Providence Institute for Human Caring, under whose aegis the first 59 episodes of this podcast have been produced. In 2023, we continue production in a new department of Providence. More on that next year. We have production help from medical librarian Sarah Viscuso, Carrie Grinstead, Basha Dolovska-Elliott, and Heather Martin. Our theme music was written by Roger Neal. Join us in three weeks when we talk about the barriers to the best care possible faced by the deaf and hard of hearing. We're going out today with my choice for music to restore a sense of well-being. This is Music for Airports by Brian Eno. From all of us here on the program, have a very happy new year. I'm Sean Collins. Thanks for listening. Be well.